This is Docera Digest Podcast, breaking down health concepts. This podcast is brought to you by Docera Life Center. This innovative clinic is finding new solutions to the evolving challenges mankind faces in the 21st century. By utilizing cutting edge technology and testing, they find root causes and also offer treatment with energy and nutrition. What is the mission? To dynamically change lives for the better while impacting families for generations. The information shared directly or indirectly in the Docera Digest podcast is not to be understood as or misconstrued as medical advice. This information is not a replacement for your current health provider who is acutely aware of your current health state and course of treatment. Any information shared about a product or service discussed by any host or guest on this podcast is not to be interpreted as a doctor-patient relationship. I'm Dr. Kaisen Frank, and welcome back to Desera Digest. Today, we're going to talk on victory over Lyme. Uh, I kind of want to start off by sharing a little bit of my story, which kind of brought me down this whole pathway and has kind of led through this journey that I've been able to have these other gentlemen and doctors join me on as we've uh, started working uh, not exclusively with Lyme, but with patients with Lyme who come in with a whole bunch of other disorders and things that make it more complex and more interesting. So, um, my story is one where I was a very active outdoor child. Um, I used to love to play down the Creek and do all kinds of different things outside. You know, I was very interested in nature in itself. Um, probably about eight or nine years old. Um, I think it was a tick that we got bit by. We stopped in Iowa at a rest stop, you know, on the way to visit the family farm. And I developed a rash on my arm. I can't remember if it was exactly a bullseye. It wasn't something that we even talked about or knew about, especially in Wichita in the 80s. It wasn't something we were discussing down here. And it was probably, it didn't happen like right away, but over the next year, things really changed for me. I, I have a lot of energy issues and I just wasn't quite as um, outgoing as I used to be. Uh, a little more depressed, uh, some other issues that were going on. And, and that's, it's really difficult even to think back in, in as a that age as a child because you don't quite understand what's going on with you. You don't have any real reference because your body's changing, you're growing, you're going through different complex situations dynamically and socially in school. And and there's just I felt like things weren't quite going the way I wanted it to. And by the time I got into junior high, I was struggling. We ended up uh, being homeschooled one year because I was struggling in school so much and. And it was just a hard thing because as I was watching all these other people and that I was friends with when I was younger and used to go biking with and go do all those other things, I, I found that I was getting left out or I was leaving myself out of these dynamic uh, relationships growing up. And it, you, I, I almost became kind of a loner. One of my teachers told my uh, my mom, well, he's such a loner. He doesn't do anything with all the other kids in class. And it was just it's too much energy, too much effort to have to deal with these silly kids and their, their problems when I was struggling and trying to get to school and try to focus on things like that. And so one of the things that was interesting to me was the only thing that really made me feel better or gave me a sense of relief was chiropractic adjustments. So growing up, I used to see Dr. Ben Bowers and it, it always made me feel different. I'm like, well, why, why did that change? Why did that open up? Why do I, I feel like I can think clearly again. I, I can, I can function at least for a day or two and, and then it'd feel like it'd go right back again. So fortunately I had the ability to go and see him a few times here and there and, 
And that really kind of made me feel better, which is always in the back of my mind going, wow, this is something I want to do. I want to make people feel better, you know, and, and chiropractic has been such a huge part of that for me, you know, and so it was something that was always in the back of my mind. I almost felt a calling for it um, at some point, but, you know, and it got into high school and, you know, I made it through high school. I survived, you know, I didn't do great. I, I, it was something I survived, you know, with all the dynamics of that. And there's different things that were in there. One of the interesting things to me, though, was I got involved in choir and and choir was interesting because certain songs, certain things there made me feel better. I remember we used to go into the foyer, the atrium of our school there, which had great resonance. As you sing, you could feel the vibrational field come through there and I always felt so alive and so rejuvenated after that, which as I've gotten to energy medicine, I start learning more about music and frequencies and how these things can affect our body there. That was something that just. I'm going to use the word, it resonated with me and it really did, you know, because the resonance of that. And so I think back to that time period, this brings me forward to now where I'm going, wow, well, that makes sense. That's what all these things were. And there's just certain songs I absolutely loved. We'd be during a break and I'd go sit in that little foyer area of the atrium and I'd sit there and just kind of sing to myself and humming along just to feel that vibrational field because it was so relaxing and peaceful, you know? And so that was quite interesting. Um, Got out and worked a bunch of jobs and different things there. Never could find, feel really settled. Some of the jobs absolutely wore me out. I'd come home at the end of the day and I'd go straight to bed. I couldn't function after that. It was all I could do just to make it home. And uh, raising family, raising kids, um, learned how to do some different things, kind of help with, you know, trying to survive a bit. Came up with some different techniques, different things to help me and started working in aircraft. I spent 10 years working at Cessna and working shift work and things like that, which I could actually get into a set pattern of things and figure out what I need to do each day to figure out, okay, here's what I have to accomplish. Here's what I have to get done. Here's the energy it's going to take. And here's what I can do afterwards if I can do anything at all. And as I was going through that, I decided to go back to school and well, Cessna was paying for it. Thank you, Cessna or Textron in this case. And uh, at some point my goal was to go into business and I felt like I was being called back to something from when I was younger to go back into chiropractic school. Okay. So Talked to my wife about it and being the glutton for punishment she is, she says, sure, let's quit our jobs and move to Kansas City and go to school. So that's what we did. And uh, through that, it was to become a chiropractor. When I got to school up there, though, you know, my understanding of chiropractic and what it was and and people are going, what kind of chiropractor are you going to be? Uh, uh you know, at the back, the spine, you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> my hands, that, that's what I thought it was. But there's so many options of things I didn't even understand that were available. And so I said, wow, this is interesting because I thought I was going up there to crack necks and cast checks as the joke goes. But, you know, it was like, wow, there's so much more that I can do. And there's so much more education that comes in here that we learn it all to pass the boards and then people stop using it or they don't use it as well as they should. And during that time period, I had the opportunity to go through and learn a, something called the DAPSI program, which is a Diplomate of American Board Chiropractic Internist, and actually finished that program before I actually graduated as a doctor, which allowed me to have a little bit more insight or clarity or understanding of what's going on in the body besides, oh, it's a high, high spot, I need to pound it down, and I'm not dissing any chiropractor out there. You know, you got to adjust those things. You got to put those things back in place. They help stimulate the immune system. Obviously, it worked for me because that's what drove me to even go down that field was because of what it helped me with. So it's very important. You know, I support chiropractic adjustments completely. However, 
where God was taking me was that wasn't all I was supposed to do. And so I've gone through and I've worked in sports medicine for several of our professional teams here in town. And I've done all these different aspects and things here. We've got into genome testing and going through and I spent time at different uh, seminars, actually teaching doctors how to do genomic testing and how to treat that and do things with that. So I have a huge background in that as well, as well as we've gotten into other testing methodologies and going into energy medicine, these things here. So I've gained a wide background of knowledge and experience to come back and say, okay, let me take this and let me go help more people. And again, during all this stuff here, while I was going through all this, I was still struggling with Lyme, even through college. That was, that was rough. I was really struggling to get through college there. And I made it. I passed all my boards. I was able to get through everything. And while practicing, I, you know, it was a struggle because three, three and a half days a week, and I was struggling there. And it wasn't until that I had a friend of mine, she didn't diagnose me, but she used energy testing. And she said, you know, I think we need to address the Lyme situation you're dealing with there. And, and here's some things that you may want to try and do. And again, I talked about this a little bit in my previous episodes. I couldn't believe the difference. And so it was a very altering experience for me because what I thought I knew and understand and here's a test, here's what it is. I have everything based in science and here's what's going on to actually have that shattered to the point where we're going, do I know anything at all? Because there's so much more out there. I have to learn to help everyone. You know, I don't want anybody to walk out of my office without getting help, you know, but if I'm only treating half the people and getting success for it, good for them, but 100% of the other 50% is still struggling. And as somebody who was 100% of me suffering from it, and I wasn't getting results, I'd been through all kinds of medical testing and procedures and stuff from childhood on up, trying to figure out what was wrong with me, you know, other than being slightly crazy enough. But, you know, it's- Don't it's, worry, that's inherited. <laughs> it means genetically passed down through the bower side of the family? <laughs> so- you know, and so all of these things uh, kind of led me and pointed me down to going, okay, how do I go down this road? And so for years now, I haven't had any issues with Lyme. Nothing's testing for me. Nothing's shown I have an issue with it until I went hunting with my daughter during youth season and we got attacked by a horde of ticks. I mean, like 300 bites in each leg. And we both were kind of struggling a little bit after that, but knew what it was, able to test it out, kind of go through and got it cleaned up. And it took about a month or so, and we were both clean of it and hadn't had an issue since. That's been in over a year and a half since that happened. So there are options getting through that. Now, while this being said, I got through Lyme, which I jokingly say Lyme's sometimes easier than a lot of other things like parasites, which we'll get through later. But the combination of Lyme and parasites are a rough thing because if you have parasites that are infected with Lyme. And even though we kill it off the body, the parasites can reintroduce that over and over and over again to the body. And so you can never do get complete clearing up. So you have to go through this is why you hear people that they get better and then they relapse, they get better and they relapse. It's because it's still in their body, it's still in their system. There's something that's limiting their immune system and they can't clear it out completely. And so we have to address everything across the board. If your only focus is Lyme disease, you're missing half the picture and half the battle. And so this has been a interesting journey for me. And even over the last few years, it's finding new ways to treat and new remedies and new solutions and new ways of thinking and, and coming about treating this stuff and getting even better results each time. And that's what's been amazing is with these group of doctors here, they're, they're so creative and intuitive and have the ability to go through and we can discuss and come up with different ideals and solutions. And so as much as we have come up with and done, I really think that we're just beginning to scratch the surface of what we're capable of. So 
I'm really excited about this team and this clinic and what we're doing. And and in this time and age in the world where we're at and the things that we're dealing with, with toxic spills and everything else in the air, you know, I mean, it's there's so many things that we're coming in contact with. 5G, all these different things, the vaccines, all these different things, the viruses that are coming out. How do we address these things? And that's one of the things that we look at and go, okay, there's a problem. What's our solution? How are we going to figure this out? How are we going to treat somebody? How are we going to get results for them? Because sometimes we have to address these things before we even go back and address Lyme or some of these other things because we got to clear these things out. So it's a little bit of my story is energy medicine uh, helped me figure out what was going on and to fix it. And that's why I've used that, incorporated that into even some of our diagnostic testing and some of our other approaches. It's we look at it from all spectrums there and we try to figure out what's the easiest, most effective way to get the best results with least amount of side effects for you can go back and live your life dynamically. I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll pick it up from there because I'm going to share my perspective of one of the, one of the clinic's biggest victories or, biggest miracles. We like to call it Macy's miracles. And I want to make sure we get kind of a QR code so people can, can reference this. So I want to tell this story from my perspective, and then I'm going to tie in your perspective on it as well. God orchestrates things in very funny ways. So I've always been fascinated by energy medicine and energy and frequencies and all this type of stuff. And you were there and they needed some more doctors. And so God told you to call me. No, he didn't. He said, call my brother. What? <laughs> this doesn't add up. And so you called my brother and he got asked to go on, you know, to go on there. And and so I was really kind of frustrated. I really was like, what's up, God? I mean, this is where I belong. So me and my wisdom, I talked to him and he said, well, do you want me to ask him and if you can join too? And so I did. And God said, okay, we'll do your plan. And so I learned the technique. I got to treat one patient and then I got let go. Huh? That worked well. <laughs> so due to other circumstances, you know, Dr. Kyson left as well. And, and he, what's interesting is he was practicing out of another doctor, uh, chiropractor's office in what, an eight by 10 room? I think it was nine by 10. Okay, yeah. <laughs> hey, that extra <laughs> If the cabinets were out of the way, yeah. So you're practicing in this nine by 10 room. I'm in a similar size room on my own, really trying to figure this out and going, okay, it's one thing to learn a technique. It's a whole different thing to practice a technique. And I'd get some results, but not what I was hoping for. And so we were communicating. You were talking about opening up a clinic. We were talking about going together. And you and I remember as I'd come over there, you started talking about this patient that was really starting to push you towards the end of your knowledge or or your understanding at that point. And and I know that Lyme was definitely a factor. You were it was a big factor for her. And yet there was more. And I, as we talked about, it's more than just Lyme. It's is there parasites? Is there mold? Is there viruses, bacteria, vaccines, all these other factors that come into play? And I remember you talking about this girl that would literally just claw at her head or claw at her arms that she was trying to get at something. Or she would just 
the littlest sound would just knock her completely out, like a, a you know a trash truck behind the building, or that she would you'd be going along fine, all of a sudden she was done, she'd walked out, and the day was over. And then I remember you also talking about how they would call you desperate at night because she was just going crazy. And you were like going, what can I do to help this? And you were really, really working hard to figure out what was going on. And I know you worked for worked on her for like a month. And I find this story so very interesting because at the end of the month, you were like, well, did we really get anywhere? And so... I, a lot of things were going through my head at that time. I'm going, what the heck would I do if I had that person? Do I have that capability? And so this was all kind of playing out as this was going through. So what was interesting is fast forward and she comes back and was it was the first time that she was having reading issues? Is that the main thing they were coming back for? Oh, that was like the second or third visit. Okay. Well, I know they were coming back for some type of follow-up, but What's interesting is this girl that I heard about and never actually met, she's sitting there calmly, quietly, um, very engaged, not bothered by the noises as much. She's a totally different person. And I knew it at the time when you were telling me about the story, but I even more so knew it as I saw her. I'm like, I was very inspired to go, I want to be able to make that kind of impact on people's lives. The dynamic change from the story I heard to the girl I met was incredible. It was a miracle. And it's it's I highly encourage you guys to go and and hear not only her side of the story, but her dad's side of the story. It's incredible. I think we'll attach a, a link to that. We can do yeah. that, right, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. attach a link so you yeah. can click on it and watch it. So because I can't even fully do it justice. I mean, I, I cannot even imagine what it would be like. Because what I do remember from the story too is they were getting ready to head to Arizona and spend what eighty thousand dollars on a procedure just in hopes. Up to one hundred twenty thousand. Yeah, think is what it was. Just in hopes because she had spent so much time in the hospital, she was basically dying, literally. They're keeping her alive with IVs at that point in time. Right. And here, this kooky energy testing method brought her back to life. And and it's not, the point is, again, isn't the glory of the doctors. The point is, when you help the body do what God created it to do, it's amazing what the body can do. And so, what I also find amazing, this is also in the orchestration too, because one of the patients that you treated at Hansa is who referred the patient to you. And I remember you talking about this, that you were like, eh, I'll call him later. And she goes, no, you call him now. And that was a Friday. It's getting ready to head out of work. I was right. ready to go home for the day. Right. And so you called him and he said, what? We'll be there Monday. Yeah. So the car's packed. Right. We'll be there Monday. I said, okay. Right. And I think that's what's really cool about this whole center is – what starts with one starts, it, it's the whole rippling effect that we just have a ripple and ripple and ripple effect on each other and on lives and on, as you said, generations and generations and generations. Because imagine this, what if you didn't help her? I, I probably would have gone back to Cessna. Right. But I mean, even from her perspective, 
What would her life be? Would it be this continually downward spiral into ultimate death? And what if she has kids? Would they never exist? I, I think that's what I find so amazing and inspiring. And what I love how this just keeps building is because it's ultimate God that's doing it all. So one of the interesting things to me was, is I'm going into this case and I'm running into things that I've been treating Lyme for a while at this point, And I run into things that I haven't ran into before. And I'm questioning whether or not I'm sane or not, because I'm like, well, we didn't get taught this in school or this isn't what I know any other doctors that are talking to me about this. And so you start to question all of I am off the reservation here. Is this really what's going on? And nothing's confirmed except for what I'm finding. And it was interesting because there was one point in time where they took to the hospital and they did all the testing. Everything else. I said, we don't find any parasites or anything like that. They go, but, you know, sounds like it could be. And so they wrote her a prescription for like a $960 drug or whatever else. And her dad was like, do I really need to feel like, oh, that's up to you. But it may be really harsh on her. And they did scopes. They did all kinds of stuff. They couldn't see anything. And a week later, all of a sudden, she's dropping worms like crazy out of her stool. And I'm like, how do you miss that? I mean, you did a scoop, you put a camera up there to look for it. You couldn't find it. All of a sudden, we're dropping all these different things. Well, the other big one for me that I learned a lot about on this one was uh, Toxoplasma gondii, which is a cat parasite that was getting into her brain, and different frequencies would drive her crazy. She'd lose her mind. And uh, it was absolutely wild trying to clear that out, and that takes a while. And again, I was very limited in what I had in the room, my test kits and the ability of what I had, but... We persevered with what we had, and it was interesting because there were small changes. There were small victories, and believe me, I celebrated every single one of those that first month she was there. And, you know, it was things where if we put on a bite plate, she would have fell on her face and, and just not be able to handle it. And so we get done. So, okay, let's send her home. We're going to plan on keeping her there for a month or two. You guys need a break. You need to get back home, and then we'll see what we need to do after that as a follow-up. And this is the spring of 2020 during COVID and all the stuff that's going on here. So this is a very dynamic time in the world too. And I talked to him a couple weeks later after they get home. I go, okay, how's she doing? Well, she's out riding a horse. I'm like, are you crazy? Why are you doing let her sit on a horse for? She's going to fall and kill herself. Oh, no, no. And so all of a sudden it was just, as soon as she got home, things started shifting dramatically and changing. And so while that first month was very difficult, especially going through the whole first lunar cycle, the parasites, all of a sudden when she got home, Boom, things start taking off there. We'd get huge growth and huge change. And then we'd run to a roadblock and then we'd address that. And we kind of go through these different phases of cleaning these things up. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's it was so dynamic for me as a doctor to go through that experience where it literally took me to the ragged edge and the limit of my understanding at the time to have to go through and say, Okay, Lord, what do I do next? Where do I go? How do I help this person? Because I want so badly for this person to get better. And this isn't the first one that does it. Because every time I get through somebody like this, I'm like, great, I've got it figured out now. God goes, okay, here comes the next one. <laughs> I think we're going to talk about it out here in a second. But, you know, there's these ones where it's it's not just me as a doctor learning and growing. It's being innovative and coming up with new ways to get results and just being – I don't want to use the word desperate, but just emphatically seeking, you know, and, and asking God for direction and, and ways of understanding things. It's taken me in a lot of different directions, and some of them have been absolutely amazing the way they've they've worked. So, I, One of the things I've always – I respect about you and admire is your incessant desire to get results. And that's one of the things that has inspired me to – it's so easy to get focused on other things and 
all that really matters is the results for the patients. It's, it's, that's what we're here for is to help one another. So, which that kind of leads into the next, what we thought was the next Macy. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and talk about that one. Um, it's kind of funny because even going back to, to Macy, I remember you said it started around the time COVID started and that was around the time I was actually, I got laid off when COVID's, uh, first really was sweeping the world. And, um, I came up and started learning some of this technique from you during that time. And I think I was leaving like right when you got that call, like she was coming in the week after I left. And it was interesting for me to hear some of that, you know, from a distance while I was still in Florida, hearing some of the progress going through that. But what was really cool is when I actually moved up here last year, again, we thought this was the next Macy. And uh, as we know, as we've been able to see, it was a very different situation. Let me give you a little bit of backstory that you probably weren't there for. So I, I get this call from this family and they really want to talk to me. So one of my patients in Montana's works with her, this, this, uh, lady's aunt. And so she sent him this video, Macy's miracle. So, Hey, you need to watch this. And so this is Macy's miracle actually having an effect on this gal here in Chicago. And they call, they do a zoom call and we're kind of talking everything else. And she's kind of sitting there just kind of lackadaisical, not really paying attention to much. And her parents are talking and they go, we watched the video. Our daughter's exactly the same way. She's exact same issues and everything else. I'm like, okay, well, I've been down this road before. I've got so many more things that we can do for her. I've got so many more treatments, so many different things that we're going to just blast through this. I said, I said, well, this is March. I said, well, we'll see about getting her back in college by August, you know? <laughs> Well, I set a deadline, you know, so that, that, that kind of motivated a little bit here, you know. Got your halo removed, huh? <laughs> well, she came in and all of a sudden there's a lot of things that are similar to Macy. And there's a whole lot more going on here. Things I really hadn't dealt with yet, like Chagas and things like that. So her dad was a missionary in the Dominican Republic. And while she was there, she picked up a whole slew of things. And and talking about Lyme specifically it wasn't just Borrelia burgdorferi. There's like three or four different types of Borrelia. There's Babesias, Bartonella, things that are a little more exotic than what we normally see in the United States. And so there's this whole slew of things there. On top of that, we have a parasite, Chagas, which is one of the most underserved diseases in the world. There's not even good medical treatment for it. And so, and she has this going on in her brain as well. And I'm like, wow, okay. So this is uh, a little more challenging because- I got to figure out how to deal with Chagas now on people. And we've actually had some really good results with quite a few people with it. So, and it's really opened up options. Again, this took me to my limit of what I thought I knew. And, and we, we as a team on this one came in and we looked at different ways of doing stuff and we worked together and came up with some different things here. So should I give an update on where she's at or do you want to wait? On um, actually, I want to go into a little more on, you know, the innovation process. Cause okay. like you said, when you first saw her on zoom, you kind of had this expectation and this, you know, this deadline, this goal. You're like, okay, it's going to happen by this time. But what was different when she first came in to the office is all of a sudden she's coming in in a wheelchair and she doesn't remember much of her life. And all of a sudden things are way different than you were expecting. Even when I came in, the, when she came down that time, she was again in a wheelchair. And for nine days, her whole life or basically herself had been vacant in her body. Like she just been kind of absent. She'd been existing, but didn't recognize people. Couldn't really take care of herself. Couldn't really do anything except just exist. 
And I know as we were going through when she was here that week, we were struggling. You were struggling uh, going through finding stuff in the room that would work. And there was one point where we were like, I've tested everything I can in the room. I've tested everything I can in the clinic, but there's still something, some aspect that we're not getting to. So what was your process after that or your thought that led you into a whole new realm of treating patients, which we've actually used with other patients since then? It was coming up with a different type of remedy here that uh, basically we, we had to make it in the office using some machinery we have there to create a different energetic medicine, which was a, a, a reverse frequency of some of these things here. And so not to go to a whole lot of the, the technical aspect of it, but it allowed us to go through and kind of shut down the energy of the Lyme and the parasites to allow us to start getting the immune system of the body. And this is what we're theorizing is what it's doing because it's working just phenomenally. And so we've come up with some different ways of doing it, not only just in that aspect of treating Lyme, but we've taken this concept through several other different things that we deal with now. And we've been getting some amazing results with it across the board, probably 90, 95% of the people, this is the best way we treat them. Now we get better results than we've ever gotten a lot of this stuff. So it's been very interesting. It was also interesting where you found the source of some of those things, mm -hmm. like the grocery store. Yeah. And you're the great thing about you is you're kind. You're kind enough to share experiences. You know, like you talked about, we get to come in there and learn as well. And well, you said something recently. You pray that I get to have a complicated case like you. I Thanks. pray that all of you have the opportunity to learn and grow on very tough cases. Exactly. <laughs> well, I will just share this. Since you went to the store to find frequencies, I thought, why not? And my daughter really loved walking through the store, watching me do some energy testing, <laughs> seeking to find frequencies that we didn't have at the office. It just, it's, it's amazing how this ripples out. Yeah, it works. It does. There are so many frequencies and, and, and healing energies oh, yeah. that are in the world. And, you know, my goal is to, how do I bring them in the office and how can we use those to help people? And where do I need to go? Do I need to go take a month long trip to Australia to go looking for uh Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. looking for remedies here. So, <laughs> oh, like, never mind. I can order all of them in. I, I got, I got all the Australian frequencies there. So, but you know, it's, it's trying to find these things to, to get better, uh, to get better results. So it's always looking forward, innovating and, and and seeking out all the all the little spots and things that we can do, then all the corners of PubMed trying to find information on things that aren't really well known, and just trying to say, okay, what are my other options? What's out there? How do we go exhaust every single thing we can to find the results for people? Mm -hmm. um, and like Craig, you know, I this case had such a profound ex uh, impact on me. Especially like we were talking about, you know, you went to the grocery store to find some remedies. I remember you came back with nine different things. One of them was a white rose and you were having, or she was in doing a um, laser treatment and then you brought that rose in, had her smell it. And then within what, 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Her service dog started barking and all of a sudden. All of her nine days came back. Her, her whole memory of that whole time came back. And that was such a, an incredible moment just to be around and to uh, just see the the dynamic and sometimes even immediate effect this type of treatment can have. And then even more, a couple days later, when we got her back out of the wheelchair and she was up moving around, laughing, having a good time, 
you know, doing all of her impersonations, all that stuff. <laughs> you know, she she was being herself, and that was a great great moment to witness. And just the fact that that was when I was first starting to shadow at the clinic, first starting to come in and watch, and and to really, you know, get more involved with this process. And it was such a um, eye-opening experience. I, I can't really think of any other way to say it. And so, well, it's for me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, that that I think that pretty much covers everything on my end. So I talked to her on Wednesday, and and talked to her, her and her mom. And her mom said she's been doing great. Uh, they're in over Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving was rough. It was rough on me because it, it was. It was taxing because I wanted results for so bad. She didn't know who she was. She didn't recognize her family. And she's looking at me at these innocent eyes because she was almost like an eight or nine-year-old. And she goes, are you going to fix me for I can recognize my family? <sighs> About broke my heart. I go, I'm doing the best I can. And unfortunately, we didn't get her well enough to recognize her family for Thanksgiving. But within a few days after that, her mom said she's back hundred uh, percent. I was seeing Christmas pictures of them as a family laughing and carrying it on. Christmas was great. She knew everyone. And so kind of going through some of that there, January looking pretty good. Talked to her uh, Wednesday, two days ago, and she's doing phenomenal. Her mom said she had a slight about 30 second seizure. She was in and out of it. And that's all she's had this year. And this is a very complex case because one of the big ones we're still dealing with is finishing up, cleaning up the line. She's working out every day. She's going to church. She's being involved. She's a 20-year-old girl who's very vivacious. She has a great energy, great personality. She's so funny. I said, Do you, are you okay with me sharing your story on our podcast? She goes, yeah, but you have to use my pseudonym. I go, what's your pseudonym? She goes, I go by Shamanda Dork. So here's to you, Shamanda Dork. So <laughs> we're actually going to uh, – have them and her family on a podcast later on. We're going to zoom them in, I think, and kind of go through their whole story a little bit more because it's, it's a very complex, multi-layer issue as far as how this testing goes and how we went through and able to get her through here. But the, the, the real thing is, and her parents will probably share more of this, is they exhausted every medical option. They went to a lot of the big hospitals in Chicago, up there in the Northeast, going through all these different things. And they were told over and over again, you just need to commit her to a psych ward which would have actually destroyed this girl's life. And it, it broke my heart to think about how many people are, are there that need help. And th this is where it is because the doctors say, we don't know what's wrong. Or one doctor say, well, it's this. And then the psychiatrist came in and go, no, it's definitely not that. It's this. And nobody knew what was going on. And we ended up with multiple types of different Borrelia and co-infections here. And then we're also dealing with parasites and some mold issues and a bunch of other things that are going on that we have to literally be able to go through and figure out the best approach to go through and break this down. And it wasn't all rainbows and sunshine here. I mean, there was a lot of very rough times there. And after going through, we went through with Macy and knowing, hang in there, stay the course. You know, I did not hit my goal by August, but here we are less than a year later and she's doing phenomenal. I think we're right on the right track. There's still going to be a few more months of us maintaining and finish clearing some things out there and maybe some maintenance mode for a while after that. But she's back. She's vivacious, full of energy and just a, a very hilarious person. So I'm so thankful the world has her smile and laugh back. What also is interesting, I find too, and this is where I, I the last time they're in, I think I spent more time with the parents is the impact on the family. You know, you talked about, you know, committed to a psych ward. Not only does that 
you know, that would have destroyed her, but it destroys her family. And it, it's so cool to see how, like you talked about, her parents that could actually sleep through the night. How big of an impact was that to them? You know, how much does that change their life and their world? And it just, that's what I love about what we do. It's not just about the patient. It's about whole their, dynamic. yeah, their whole dynamic. Right. Well, I'm going to talk about another young lady. Uh, she came to me in 2006, 2007. And by young, I mean, she was in her late 60s. And there's, hey, for us, in the, for us in the 60s, I mean, you know, we understand that youngness. Um, and Sherry was a very unique person in the fact that there was no question that she had Lyme. She knew she had Lyme because in the late 90s, she was working in her garden and uh, she felt something bite the back of her arm. She just reached up and scratched it and rubbed it and didn't think nothing about it and went about and backed in, into the garden. Um, next day, she was doing some other stuff. And anyway, long story, she went to take a shower that night and lo and behold, she felt a bump where that bite was. And so with the help of mirror and stuff, she found a very engorged or enlarged tick on her body, right? Which means this tick had been on her body probably somewhere between 30 to 40 hours, right? Which is a very long time. It's a very bad case of limes. And sure enough, um, she told me that when she took the, got the tick off, she didn't really see a rash. And there's a little bit of a, a slight uh, discoloration. But over the next few days, all of a sudden, the bullseye rash appeared. Three, four days later, she started having rashes all over her upper back, all over her chest, and even up into her neck. And, you know, she took a bunch of stuff. She'd done a lot of stuff in healthcare. And so she was trying to get it under control. But remember, this is in the 90s, and we didn't know much about Lyme's in the in this sense back then. She's from the northern uh, part of the U.S., and she went to see some specialists uh, up, up in the northeast area that supposedly knew what Lyme's was and treated all these kind of factors. So now fast forward from that time frame to 2006 when she came to see me, she brought in 109 supplements, meds, drugs, drinks, pills, whatever you want to call, that she was taking at a current basis. And we had wow. guesstimated she'd been over 200 some in that six year time frame. She'd been to over 20 different specialists, right? Because, oh, this wasn't Lyme. This is cardiopulmonary disease. This is cardiovascular disease. This is cardiocirculatory disease. This is cardiopathic disease. Uh, this is psychosomatic disease. Um, you know, she had arthritis. All the, I mean, just the diagnostic list that she had was really phenomenal. And uh, in fact, when she came down uh, from Northeast down to Wichita and came to the office, she was in a wheelchair, right? Late sixties and being assisted by family. And back then it's like, we didn't really know a lot about it, but I knew as a functional medicine doc to quit asking what it is and start asking, why is the body presenting this way? Right? Which is what we do. It's like, we don't care what you call it, right? As much as we care why the body is doing what it's doing. So I dug into what I knew at the time. I was doing some of the energy medicine at the time. Uh, I did a lot of functional medicine. And so we really went and found the dysfunctions at that given point in time where she was at. She had all the symptomatology. She had joint pain. She had muscle pain. She couldn't walk. She was unable to think. She couldn't recall things. Her memory was gone. And this was a, a, a very intelligent woman who at that time or prior to that time, uh, before she retired, was running three different businesses, right? Multi-million dollar businesses. And she was a very intelligent woman. Family said, you know, everything about her was just shutting down and she was just 
you know, a, a slimmer of what she used to be. So as we started into the process, she came down, spent six weeks with me down here in Wichita at that time. And we really went through, by the time we got her to leave, she didn't need a wheelchair. She didn't need walker. She didn't need crutches, right? She was able to ambulate. And so then we started treating her from a long distance before we had Zoom. <laughs> Back when, even before it was telemedicine, we started doing all that kind of stuff. And the long story short is what happened for this young lady is we got her life back, right? She was able to travel again. She was able to get back out into her garden. There's a time frame when she would just stay crawled up in her room and never left her bedroom, right? Because of all the things that were going wrong and it hurt too much to do anything. Uh, her bowels quit working. Her urine quit working. She was having trouble breathing. All these things were shutting down and they were just telling her she was dying and, you know, just get ready for hospice and all these factors in the 2000s. Fast forward almost, you know, 15 years later, uh, surviving, functional, traveling, doing all these kind of things. And what the funny thing about that is by the time we, the last time I checked in with her, uh, we had her down to five things that she was taking, right? And yet still sustaining life in her mid-80s now, right? So for those that think it's too late or it's too far gone or, you know, hey, this is your life, the rest of your life, no, there are things that we can do to not necessarily make you young again, although I'm trying, but we're, 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 trying. we're helping. So, see, I'm hanging around <laughs> these young guys that works. How's that working? It, very well. <laughs> him. So the, the thing that we try to do is we try to take these individual cases and go, okay, what is it about that person, that unique component? As we were just talking about on Macy and Shamanda. Shamanda. Shamanda Dork. Dork. You know, and so we talk about all these different She's things. She's amazing. Amazing. She had some amazing results, that's for sure. But what we're trying to do is, is is take the case that comes before us and go, what is it that we need to do? And how do we find something that will give us the results that we want? And so that's what I, I, I'm just so happy that all of us, because I've been around doing this 40 years, and to see what has developed here at this clinic it's beyond my wildest hopes or dreams, you know, aspirations that I would love to have or love to be involved with. And I'm just so thankful to be involved with it again. So with that, Dr. Luke. Hang on. Oh, because there's a thing that Dr. Kyson always jokingly says that I got to push in here somewhere. Got it. Go for it. Because he's, you know, we were talking about Lyme or parasite or wherever he goes. It's kind of a chicken or egg thing. And I don't care which it is because I'm going to cook the eggs for <laughs> breakfast and the chicken for dinner. Dang right. Let's cook it now. <laughs> But that egg always came first. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so we've we talked a lot about, you know, kind of the Grand Slam cases that we've had, um, which I've, you know, obviously certainly been a part of that. But I, I want to speak to the people who um, maybe are still going through uh, their struggle, their healing. And my biggest encouragement to you guys is just to learn how to find the small wins every day. Um, and so just some examples of that, that, of that, that I've had with my patients is just restoration of being able to walk without assistance, which has been huge. Um, and then at other check-ins, you know, patients are like, yeah, I caught myself walking a mile further than I typically could. <laughs> and so it's just like, <laughs> <Unassisted. hello. laughs> that's amazing. And, um, so yeah, and you know, increasing their physical activity, even be able to bike and, and run and do things, uh, seeing improved digestion, improved bowel movements, uh, decreased pain throughout the body, uh, decreased neuropathy and, and not having that vibrating sensation or that shooting and tingling, um, improved strength and endurance and not being so easily fatigued by things, improved sleep, which is huge for healing, especially for the brain as well. And, and I think 
one of the things we do a really, you know, excellent job of at the clinic is we educate our patients that this is not a quick fix that we're so ingrained to think in our Western society, like we'd all talked about, it's kind of a pill for a nil approach. And, and that these cases, most cases that we see it's, you know, the healing is incremental and it happens over a longer period, a longer period of time, uh, specifically because a lot of these things that we find in them, whether that's Lyme or parasite or whatever, have been inside of them for a long period of time. Um, and, and, and these things get complex and complicated when you do have parasites and mold and Lyme, uh, or, you know, a combination of, of all these different things. And, and so it is a journey and, and healing isn't linear upward. Like we'd like to think it would be, it's, it's kind of more like a roller coaster and, and at that probably a really crazy roller coaster. <laughs> and what we want to see though, is, is that if you were to take a step back and kind of see that from, you know, a 30,000 foot view, you would see that trending upward over time, despite the craziness and, and the roller coaster effect. So, um, you guys, anything else to add before? Yeah. When, when I, yeah, to, I mean, we're talking about these great cases, great results we get, and trust me, we're proud. We're excited for these people, but in a sense of relativity here, I mean, it's not always rainbow and sunshine and it, there are rough months that people go through. And I tell people, I said, there's gonna be a lot of turbulence on this flight. <laughs> Hang on. I'm going to get you to the destination. We got to stay the course. We got to just write it out, hang in there with me. I'll do everything I can to make it better. And there is hope. There is joy at the end of the road here. And we've seen that with many people. And you guys have all been through this. There's patients that come in and like, doc, I'm struggling. I'm having a rough month. And, you know, we feel it for you because we're going, okay, what do we do? How do we? tweak how do we change what can we modify what happened here that we need to adjust and so we're a very hands-on approach i mean some doctors go here go take all this and come back in two or three months and uh, we'll go the next round right. uh, we're not we always tell you if you're having a hard time call let's see if we can schedule a quick zoom call or get you in the office real quick for even 10 minutes just to go back and say what do we need to tweak and change here and modify to get things working back on track here and so we can take you through that so we're there to hold your hand as much as you want because we want to make sure we make this transition from sickness to health as smooth as possible but there will be turbulence on this flight i mean let's be honest about it but we can get you there hang in that's right i find it interesting how you mentioned the the typical western mindset why is it we think something that took a long time to develop is going to go away quickly. It doesn't make sense. And on top of that, you are layers and layers and layers of adaption with each new thing the body is going to seek to adapt. And you slowly over time become a different person, literally, that you have to re-work walk your way back through that whole pathway to get to that original version of yourself. Absolutely. Our healthcare is very rarely like Amazon Prime. <laughs> Good point. Oh, that it could be. If it only came with the drone. <laughs> so I guess just to close, um, you know, I, I think we're really unique in the fact that the evidence-based doctors wouldn't necessarily claim us. And a lot of the functional medicine doctors might not claim us either. So we're kind of, you know, in between two, yeah, a hybrid, exactly. And, but I still would consider us evidence-based because the, the evidence-based crowd, and, I, and I'm not trying to call anyone out, but in reality, you can't have an RCT, a randomized controlled trial behind everything that you do. You just can't. But part of evidence-based, <clears throat> excuse me, part of evidence-based medicine that providers and patients often overlook is the fact of the provider's clinical experience. And that's something we rely heavily upon, not just in ourselves, but each other's 
clinical experience collective exactly and so i think that makes us unique is it really is a team approach and it's not a cookie cutter approach again just reiterating from last episode everyone's going to be unique what might work for some one person is not going to work for another or there might be some overlap but not entirely so it is going to be truly unique to you so my call to action for you if you're listening is that if you feel like this is you, you've listened through our lime series and as we're closing it out if you feel like this is you or you feel like this is a you know a loved one or a friend please we would be honored if you would send them our way we do uh and, and mention this podcast we we will do a, a complimentary 20 minute consultation with you and i can guarantee you we're not going to make you feel worse in that 20 minutes <laughs> and the potential upside to that is massive and so um, we would love the opportunity to work alongside you to uh, empower your body and to optimize and reclaim your health thank you for listening to the docera digest podcast if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review you can also find all the episodes and show notes over at doceralifecenter.com while you're on the website also be sure to check out the blog where you'll find videos and articles to help you proactively rebalance your health